You are listening to the Journey Christian Church Podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at journeycc.net. Today's message is brought to you by Scott McFarland. We hope you enjoy. Oh my goodness, I think they have way too much fun doing those videos for you guys at home. Sandra, I, I think you're enjoying that way too much, oh, I'm just yeah. telling you. <laughs> we have a lot of fun with it. Hey, we're ready to begin our message in Mark chapter 3. If you're new to us, we started this series going through the book of Mark and looking at the disciples and what Jesus was teaching them and showing them and trying to connect that with our life on how Jesus is speaking into our life as his chosen people as well. And I asked Sandra to join me in this because uh, we, had, we just needed uh, help together. I needed the help today in this topic, especially given what's been happening this week. I needed the help in talking through this topic together. So we're going to do that today, looking at our chosen family, the likeness of a family. And Sandra, I, I got some pictures from you. I think they're on the screen. Awesome. Show, introduce your family to us. I think they're on the screen there. Yeah. Okay, so that's me and my two daughters, Kaylee and Brittany. Kaylee's my oldest. Brittany's my youngest. And in the other picture, the Mother's Day picture, it's me and my daughters and my mama, Dolores. And, and you all look exactly the same. Like, I mean, you can see the resemblance. In We've all heard of you, that a lot. Including your mom, <laughs> I bet you have. Well, I think I've got a picture of my family. It's not quite the same. You'll see this. Okay, there's, there's my, well, you probably can't even tell, but I don't look anything like my wife and my daughter and my granddaughter. They look exactly the same, but then there's the rest of us. So, in fact, if there's anybody that has a similar likeness to me, it's my brother who's standing next to me on that picture from last uh, Christmas. But I just am sharing this with you because you can see a resemblance in families. Like there are, there are traits, DNA, things that we see each other's likeness. Well, put our families together. I think there's another picture of both of our families together. And they don't look at all alike. Like, okay, no one would think, Sandra, that you're related to me. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> they would never call us brothers or sisters or family members. But that's the point that we're going to talk about today, is what makes a family and if you're watching at home, if you're thinking about this, if you're struggling in your family relationships, maybe you're struggling with family at work or family in a greater context, you're going to appreciate what Jesus says today about family. So what we're going to do is look at Mark chapter 3, starting at verse 20, what makes a family, and look at four lessons from Jesus. And this text speaks perfectly to what we've been seeing in our country and our nation, especially this last week. So let me, let me just start, and Sandra's going to help me with this. First thing that makes a family is the foundational element. Jesus has been teaching. He's healing people on the Sabbath. If you go through Mark chapter 3 today, you'll see crowds are following him. He picks his primary chosen disciples to follow him to, to teach, and, and he appoints them. And then verse 20 says this, Then Jesus entered a house, and again a crowd gathered, so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. This mass is following Jesus everywhere he goes. And verse 21 says this, when his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him. For they said, he is out of his mind. He is crazy. This guy is nuts. What is he talking about? What is he doing? And then the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, these people that are not selected in the group, that are not part of the bandwagon of Jesus, they come down from Jerusalem and say about Jesus, he's possessed by Beelzebub. By the prince of demons, he's driving out demons. I want you to hear their arguments and listen to what Jesus is going to teach next. 
that the foundation of a family is submission. Like what, what makes a family a family is the, the desire to submit to each other or the need to submit to each other. It, the family is showing up in Jesus' life assuming he's going to submit to them because they're blood relatives. And then Pharisees assume he's going to submit to them because they're the teachers of the law. But Jesus is submitted to the Father. That's what makes him family. And so all of that to show you that it's submission to authority that makes us family. Listen, kids, students that are watching at home, it's your submission to your parents that makes that family work. It's the parents submitting to each other that makes that family work. It's parents submitting to their authorities and to God the Father that makes the family work. If you didn't have submission, you wouldn't have a family. Right, yeah, so this submission is the foundation of a family. And submission, like Scott said, is shared um, submission to an authority, right? That's the, the foundation of a family. And in my family, it looks a little different. So ideally, a child would have a mother and a father to submit to here on earth, and then they'd ha that family would be submitted to the father, who is the ultimate authority. My girls, as you saw, it's just me. Their dad stepped out of their life many years ago, and so I am their earthly authority, and I get to show them how to submit to the Father in heaven. And how I do that is through my submission to God and being someone that my girls want to submit to. Because I submit to the Father in heaven because I know I can trust him. Yeah. He's shown me many times in my life. I get to see it in my friends' lives, and I get to see it throughout Scripture, that I can trust God. His promises are true. And so I get to be a parent who my girls want to submit to. And it looks different, right? Everyone does that differently. But to me, it means being someone that they want to talk to, being someone that they want to listen to, being someone that they can trust because they know that no matter what happens in their life, I love them just like the yeah. Father loves us. And through that relationship, then they get to see how they get to submit to God That's when good. they make that choice. Yeah. And you've demonstrated that not just at home, but you've demonstrated that at work and in, in the rest of your life too. It's yeah. not just one area of your life, it's all of your areas of life. Yeah, so whether you know it or not, you're submitted to someone, right? Yeah. We're all submitted to God. Those who choose to follow God, we're submitted to God. And here at work, I get to submit to Scott and the elders and the other leaders here. And that all is done through trust. Yeah. Submission shows who you trust. There you go. I submit to the leaders and elders here because I know I can trust them, just like I know I can trust the Lord. And my girls submit to me because they know they can trust me. It's not about control. And kids, anybody else, it's not about um, what you have to let go of. I try to remind my kids about this <laughs> a lot. It's not about what you want and what you want to happen. Let go of that. There are people in our lives that we can trust, God for sure, we can trust. And that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. And I just want to add one last thing before you move on. Submission is because you disagree. Like it's, it's not submitting when you agree, it's agreeing. When you, you submit parents and kids, you submit to your parents, even when you don't necessarily like or agree with what they say, because ultimately you can trust them to love you. We, we submit to each other and submit to elders and submit to leaders in our community, not because we always agree with them, but because submission is better than fighting, than anger, than all of the division that happens as a result, which we're going to get into next as the second thing that makes a family. Yeah, so the second thing that makes a family is uniting together. And we're going to hear that in the scriptures. So this is 23 through 27. So Jesus called them over to him and began to speak in parables. He said, 
He said, how can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand. His end has come. In fact, no one can enter a strong man's house without first tying him up. Then he can plunder the strong man's house. And the highlight there is a house divided against itself cannot stand. So that means unity, Mm -hmm. uniting together, choosing unity instead of division, choosing to, um, like I said, let go of what you think or what you want or your understanding and trusting that someone else might know a little more or choose a little differently. And I've seen that in my life in many ways, um, but I'm going to share just a brief story with you from my previous job. Okay. So some of you know, some of you don't know. Prior to working here, I worked in the beauty, beauty industry. I managed salons, managed Sephora's, and at my last position, I worked for a manager that I got along great with. And I think I got along great with her because I love unity. I don't <laughs> like division. But there were several of her managers that did not get along with her. They found her very difficult to work for. Um, they found her just, I would say she was difficult because if something didn't go the way she thought it should go, you would never hear the end of it. Yeah. It would be very difficult. She didn't take excuses. She was very um, abrasive. And now, like I said, I got along great with her. And I think the difference there is many of the other managers, they gossiped about her. They kind of took things to heart. They developed hardened hearts towards her. And I didn't. I knew that she knew more about this store than I did. I knew that because of our position. I was a department manager. She was a store manager, meaning over the whole store. So I could trust in her as a, in her position. I can trust in her education. And I can trust her in her experience. She was far more experienced than I was. So I chose to let go of the things I may have disagreed with or things I didn't like, and I chose to unite with her because that's more important than division. And honestly, I think that's what God wants for us as a family, in our personal families, in our church families, in school, wherever you're called to unity. That's what he wants, unity rather than division. Yeah, and and that verse couldn't be more applicable than what we saw this week in our country. Yeah. Like it says Jesus himself, his own words, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. And I'll just be frank and blunt with you. It hurts my heart how divisive our country has become. Yeah, it's heartbreaking it to see it. It is heartbreaking. And so the only way to do that is to change to be uniting instead of dividing. And that means social media. That right. means behavior at home. That means how you treat the government and how you treat your leaders. Yeah. And one thing I just want to add in there. So I told you for myself, I choose to be uniting instead of dividing. It's a conscious choice with everything that I do. Mm -hmm. And how I instill that in my children is really important. So with my daughters, they all, they attend school, right? And my youngest daughter, the first year, this was probably back in grade school, but the first year she had a teacher that she wasn't particularly excited about. She heard this teacher was difficult. She heard she wasn't nice. All these things that kids talk about on the playground. She said, Mom, can you go change my teacher assignment? I want somebody else. And I said, no, honey, because I trust that God has you in that class for a reason, and he's going to get you through it. And we're going to pray every day, but you are going to get through it because on the other side of our challenges, on the other side of our difficulties, there is growth, there is learning, and there is breakthrough. Yeah. And if we cut through and we try not to go through those difficulties, or if we do that for our kids, we try to 
bypass the difficulties, then they're not learning what they need to learn. They're not having the breakthrough that they need to have, and they're not having the growth yeah. that they need to have to be prepared to enter the world that we're living in right now. Yeah. I think this is a moment where the Christian believers, the followers of Jesus, can truly stand out in our universe, in our world right now, especially in our nation. What's your unity level these days? Are you trying to divide or unite in your words and your actions and your behaviors? Are you demonstrating the desire like Jesus to draw people to the Father or to repel people you disagree with? That's a huge question. Yeah, and the key there is it's not about agreeing. I don't have to agree with everything. My kids don't have to agree, agree with everything that I say. But we do have to be unified in where we're going to go. There you go. That's good. Well, that, Jesus keeps going. Look at what happens next. He says in verse 28, Truly I tell you, like this, if you're going to get anything else, get this, he says. People can be forgiven all their sins and every slander they utter, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. They're guilty of an eternal sin. And then he said this because they were saying he has an impure spirit. They were condemning the spirit in Jesus. Now, you read that text, and if you're like me when you first read it and studied it years ago, that is such a confusing text. It creates this fear, like, did I forget? Did I do the wrong sin? Did I, am I punished forever? What's this blaspheme thing? Well, let me just pause there and put, you, uh, to put the simplest definition I can on it. Blasphemy is a word we never use in our culture anymore. It's not even discussed. But it means to insult or show lack of reverence to your ultimate authority, to God, to his spirit. And, and what that's saying here is, Jesus is saying, all, everything you do, everything, every sin you commit, you can be forgiven for. Like, you can't, you can't out-sin your way out of salvation. He, he comes and gives you salvation and offers that to you as his payment for all of your sin, past, present, and future. Listen, if you're thinking you have to get your act together in order to give your life to Jesus, Jesus is saying the opposite. No, come to me and I'll help you with your act. <laughs> I'll help you move forward and come closer to me. But his point is this. When you condemn the spirit of God, you're rejecting him. And as much as he forgives us and offers us his salvation, if you won't receive him, he can't save you. Like if you blaspheme his spirit and say it's from Satan, then you've rejected everything that he is offering you and it's your choice not to surrender to him and therefore he respects your choice. So blasphemy is about you rejecting the spirit of God. And I just want to pause right there and say all the sins, all the things we do wrong, everything that's broken in this world, listen, <laughs> Jesus is bigger than our sins. You know, that's what I keep like trying to remind people. I know some of you are thrilled at the presidential election. Others of you are angry at it. Okay, cool. You have your opinions. That's great. But Jesus is bigger than all of them. Why are we so worried? <laughs> if he can forgive sin, he can fix any other problem. So let's not get so upset and angry and disunified. Let's trust in the one who has power over everything. Now, he's saying that to a group of people that were totally unforgiving, and that's what I want to land on as far as family. You show me a family who forgives, and I'll show you one who can be united and submissive and grow together for the long haul. But you show me a family who is not forgiving, and I'll show you one that splinters apart and never comes back together. And that's what Jesus brings to the table. He brings 
forgiveness to your family. He brings forgiveness to your work. He brings forgiveness through your spirit. So two things you need to be doing. If you want family that lasts and family that grows strong, you need to repent to seek your own forgiveness and you need to forgive the ones who seek it. You need forgiveness in your family just as much as you need submission and unity. And then the last thing, why don't you go into the last thing? This is why I really wanted you to speak today is this particular set of verses. Awesome. So making obedience our bond. This is verses 31 through 35. Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. The crowd was sitting around him and they told him, your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and brothers, he asked. Then he looked at those seated in the circle around him and he said, here are my mother my bro- and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. I love that verse because it breaks everything down so simply. Whoever does God's will is Jesus's family. Mm. So are we doing God's will? We want to make obedience our bond. So Jesus is calling for a different obedience, becoming versus behavior, mm-hmm. becoming submissive, becoming united, becoming repentant and forgiving. And this is bigger than just complying to the rules, right? This is um, becoming in his likeness. Mm -hmm. And how I look at that is it's stepping closer to Jesus, right? So in my life, I can see my moment of submission. Many years ago, I prayed and I asked God, I said, whatever door you open, I'll walk through. And He's opened lots of doors since then. I've done a lot of different things since then. But it was a surreal moment when Scott asked me to preach with him today. Because some of the things that God calls us to are super easy. Like, I love working with kids. I love teaching kids. That is something that I can easily step into when God called me to it, right? Mm -hmm. When he opened that door, gave me that opportunity. Um, But this was a little more challenging, but I, even no matter how challenging the thing is that God is wanting you to do, you can be submissive. You can, you can submit, to not be submissive, but you can submit to his authority and him knowing where he's leading you. I may not know where God is taking me in the next 10 years, but I do trust him. Mm-hmm. So when opportunities arise, you walk into them. And I know that, sound, that may sound kind of challenging. It may sound um, difficult. But it's not. It's just every choice, every day, consulting the Father. Are you in God's will? And when we talk to the kids, I like to say, does it put a smile on God's face? Right? If I have a choice in front of me, like I'm at school, and there's a kid getting picked on, it's going to put a smile on God's face when I go over, and I just share love with that kid. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I look at it. It's, it's God giving us opportunities and us walking into them. I love that. And you've been a demonstration of that. That's why when I think of submission and unity, I think of Sandra. Like I, I look back at all these years and all of my mistakes and all the things that, that we've done right or wrong as a church, and you've been demonstrating this passage consistently. That's why I look at you as part of the team. You're part of my family. Maybe the likeness is not so different after all. I want you to hear that message today. Maybe go back and read Mark 3 again today. And notice that all of these things we've talked about, you decide. You decide if you're going to be submissive in your families and in your relationship. You decide if you're going to be divisive or unifying with the people that are around you. You decide if you're going to practice forgiveness or practice 
divisiveness. You decide. And that's why you have the choice of whether you want to be family or not. And, and so there's my action for you today. This is our action. For, is exactly what Sandra just said, to step into his family. To, how about this? If you're watching this online, that's great. If you're not watching it together, step into the family together. How about get out of our bedrooms and step into the family rooms? How about get off our computers and step to the kitchen table? How about, how about we quit arguing online and we actually step out and meet some people in the community, even that differ from us? If we could step into that space, like Sandra just said, you might just discover that we're more alike than we think. And Jesus said that, right? He said, what you just say? Those who obey the will of my Father, you're part of the family. Yeah, and one thing I just wanted to close on there too is when I submit to God, it's not about what, it's not just my story, right? It's everyone's story. And it's about choosing to be the hands and feet of God. Mm-hmm. And so when I follow God, I'm being his hands and feet. I get to help be a part of his plan here on earth, right? And it also, it changes my life, but it also changes my kids' lives and their kids' lives for generations to follow. So it is a beautiful thing. I know like we said in the beginning, it, submission gets a bad rap, but it is a beautiful thing to yeah. submit to the Lord. It's freedom. Yeah. Sandra, I want you to close with us with prayer, but I'm asking you today to think about what spoke to you today, whether it's submission is the problem or unity is a struggle for you or forgiveness, you're holding, you're holding on to something against somebody. What is the step you need to take in those to be more in the will of God? You might just find that when you take that step, you discover Jesus' family. Sandra, why don't you close with prayer? All right, Lord, thank you so much for this message today. It could not have come at a more timely moment. I pray that you would help us to see the things that are going on in our life, God, and instead of react to them, God, sit with you, pray with you, and seek your direction in our lives so that as we step into moments and step into situations, God, that we would have your heart, your eyes, and that we would be your hands and feet here on earth, God. I pray for unity in our country. I pray for unity in our church, and I pray for unity in our family. Mm -hmm. God, I thank you for all that you are doing, all that you continue to do through this pandemic, Um, and I just pray for each and every person watching, God, that you would speak clearly to them, that you would encourage them, and that you would help them step into the things that you are calling them to. God, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sandra. It was great to do that with you. Listen, if you're at home, just want to remind you, jump on journeycc.net, our website. You can give to the diaper fund or you can support the diaper drive that we're doing this month. You can sign up your family to one of the table areas, the group areas to, to pack some food for the people that have suffered so much after two hurricanes in Honduras. Or you can also get on there and do the assessment. Jump on the Growing Young uh, page, journeycc.net slash growingyoung, and participate in that assessment as we try to think and grow younger as a body and continue to do, bring all generations into relationship. Looking forward to next week with you again as we move on in Mark 4. And if you haven't joined a group yet, check those out as well on our website uh, to go deeper in your walk with him. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. Thank you for listening to the Journey Christian Church Podcast. If you would like to support us as we pursue God and love people one at a time, 
please consider a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeycc.net slash giving.